Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Hello, everybody. Chuck Bonneville and Julie Hayden. This is the Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, Truth Straight Up. That's right. The show brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture, and Chinese Medicine. Well, we will get back um, or to the trial of the century going on here in Denver with those uh, trader Republicans trying to keep Trump off the ballot. Some pretty outrageous stuff going on in the courtroom. So we'll talk about that. But first, we wanted to bring on our special guest, Brigitte Gabriel. She's a national security analyst, a chairwoman of Act for America, New York Times bestselling author. Her latest book is called Rise. Uh, Brigitte, hello. Welcome to the Chuck and Julie Show. Hello, Brigitte. Thank you, Chuck and Julie. I'm delighted to be with you. Uh, Likewise. Well, let me jump right into it and ask you, I wanted to talk to you about Israel, um, Gaza, Hamas, Syria, Iran, all of the above. But one of the things coming out today is um, Israel has said, no, it's not going to do a ceasefire, no matter what the crazy people at the UN say. What do you what do you make of that? And where do you see that going? Uh, good for them, because look, Israel is facing an existential threat by Hamas and the radical Palestinians who want its destruction. Uh, it's no, uh, it's not any other nation facing to lose their population or having their population attacked in the middle of the night. It's Israel. Look at the response that we did after 9-11. Look at our response after Pearl Harbor. Can you imagine if, if, if the United States, you know, was going to listen to the world, tell us what to do after 9-11? As a matter of fact, uh, remember how Prince Bandar bin Talal, the Saudi prince, gave Rudy Giuliani at the time uh, $10 million to supposedly help after 9-11, and he was telling uh, um, Giuliani how we need to change our policy in the Middle East. And Giuliani told him, you can take your $10 million and shove it where the sun doesn't shine. You don't tell us uh, you know, how to conduct ourselves. So if we did that, why should we expect anything different from Israel? Good for Israel. It doesn't matter what the U.N. says. You know, the U.N. is always going to be against Israel. They're going to condemn Israel. Um, Israel, at this point, does not care about what the rest of the world think. Uh, thinks they're going to do what is best for Israel. Well, you know, and what you got to wonder, and I'm glad to hear you say that because, you, you know, you know the Biden administration because he's facing trouble at home from the pro-Palestinian Democrats, which is insane to me, but um, who, you know, are going to pressure him to pressure Israel. But I, my sense was if I'm Israel, I, I, you sort of, I don't think I'd be listening to Joe Biden very much right now. Well, look, I mean, supposedly he is the head of the country, even though you and I know that he is not running the country, somebody else is. Um, the problem with the left, I think especially the problem with the Jewish community, I think the Jewish community was shocked. At least the 80% leftist Jewish community that voted for Biden and voted for Obama before Biden and despised Trump. I think they are shocked to see the reaction in the United States whether on college campuses, whether on the street, whether through Black Lives Matter or or Antifa or, uh, you know, all these universities and the groups that are all for diversity, equity and inclusion, 
come out in force in support of the Palestinian people and Hamas instead of standing up for the Jewish people and fighting anti-Semitism. I think the Jewish community as a whole is shocked. But the Jewish community, as well as the left, who have put all their eggs in Biden's basket, uh, they are realizing that the the left is so controlled now uh, by the um, uh, Black Lives Matter, the radical left, the AOC, the Ilhan Omar, the Rashida Tlaib, the Presley, that radical element of the Democratic Party that is now calling the shots. And it's a wake-up call for the Jewish community, and it's a wake-up call for um, a lot of people who are Jewish, who were in the middle and the center, bad-mouthing Trump or bad-mouthing the Make America Great movement, realizing, whoa, 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 what have we done? Right now, the only people who are standing with Israel and standing with the Jewish community and condemning anti-Semitism are the conservatives. Right. What do you think of... uh... Nikki Haley's suggestion the United States should allow in a million Palestinians and I think uh, another million the Scotch nationalist uh, party leaders that should go to Scotland. Oh, Chuck, I think that by itself to disqualify Nikki Haley from running for president. That by itself. The last thing we need is to import uh, terrorists into our country. Uh, we do not need any, any more illegal immigrants. We do not need any more refugees. We saw what the Somali ref- uh, refugees that we accepted did in America. Look, 42 uh, terrorists, 42 from the Somali community in Minnesota went to fight with Al-Shabaab and went to fight with terrorists overseas. The first American suicide bomber was from Minnesota, from the Sudani refugee community that we said, Somali refugee community that we settled in Minnesota. So why no, do we want to bring they, more Palestinians? But Nikki Haley says we wouldn't let the terrorists in. We would just let in the, or, ones. the, the ordinary yeah. Palestinians. As, as if she would know the difference. <laughs> uh, you know, how are we going to that's exactly why, Tuck and Julie, I encourage people listening to this right now to go to our website because we have a, a, a whole campaign uh, called Stop Palestinian Refugees from Coming to the U.S. We have an Act Now campaign where targeted at all elected officials at the federal level and at the state level, uh, telling them not to accept any refugees, whether on the state level or the nation on the federal level. Uh, we have emails prepared for your elected officials. We have social media uh, uh, posts prepared for you. We give you their phone number. We even give you a script as to what to say to them. You don't even have to think. Go to <laughs> actforamerica.org. Actforamerica. A-C-T-F-O-R-America.org right now. Sign our campaign to stand with Israel. Sign our campaign to stop any Palestinian refugees from coming into the United States. We need to come together and put pressure on our elected officials to do the right thing. They're not going to do it on their own. We, the American people, have to put enough pressure on them. Our philosophy at Act for America is this. If our elected officials are not willing to see the light, we're going to make them feel the heat. Ah, well, well, let me ask you about an event. Uh, you were you're going to have a gala event at Mar-a-Lago, um, and uh, the Trump organization squashed it. What was that about? Oh, great question. And sorry, in 2019, we were going to have our gala uh, dinner at Mar-a-Lago. That was actually our main fundraising gala of the year. 
we wanted to support President Trump. A lot of organizations had dropped out of Mar-a-Lago. Remember the left canceled mm-hmm. the contract. Members were dropping out. And we right. thought, well, we're going to stand with the president. Instead of holding our gala dinner in Washington, D.C., like we usually do at the Marriott or the Hyatt, we're going to do it at the Trump Hotel, at the Trump Mar-a-Lago. So we organized the event. We had the event totally sold out until we had like, you know, five, six tickets left. We sent an email out to our membership. We said, okay, in case, you know, anybody wants to come. That's how the leftist Southern Poverty Law Center found out that we were having the gala at Mar-a-Lago. And so they put out a hit piece about us uh, on a Saturday night. Uh, by Sunday morning, it was picked up by the Miami Herald, the Los Angeles Times, you know, all the lefty publications, the Huffington Post, the New York Times, etc. And they started putting pressure on the Trump administration, on President Trump, to cancel the gala. Of course, at that time, he was president. So Eric Trump, his son, instead of Googling who we are, actually asking who we are, he Googles our name, and the first thing that pops up is the Southern Poverty Law Center. He reads the link thinking it's our website because they stole our logo, the Southern Poverty Law Center, used it as we want to kill all Muslims, we want to do this, that, and the other. So Eric Trump on a Sunday pulls the event thinking, oh, my gosh, this is such a radical group. I need to cancel the the, the event. And by Monday, you know, they were not going to track back. They were not going to reinstate it. But it was a hit job from the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, I ended up meeting with Eric Trump later, who apologized for canceling the event. But by that time, you know, the event has been canceled. At the end of the day, it was fine for us. We ended up raising the money because a lot of donors stepped in. Um, But it goes to show you how organized the left is. Yes. Well, you know, the Southern Poverty Law Center, I was a a reporter um, for years in Denver. And, you know, they trick reporters into thinking they're this, you know, group that monitors hate groups. And if you actually click on any of the red dots on their hate maps, right, there's nothing there. I mean, these are, they just, and I think in their own way, they're a terrorist organization. And I'm glad to see people now, I know maybe not you guys, but suing them. Well, 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 there's another group that doesn't like you guys too much, the uh, Anti-Defamation League. (laughs) You've got all the right enemies, Brigitte. (laughs) That's right. Uh, and, 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 you know, in the, in the, in the old days, you know, see, we were the tip of the spear when we were warning about radical Islamic terrorism at that time. And we started realizing how we are losing our freedom of speech. And we would warn about the hate rising in the country, the terrorism rising in the country, the people that are coming into the country, those who are harboring terrorists, the terrorist sympathizers in our country, the first people that condemn us were the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, even though we were warning about the same people who are now protesting against them and calling for the murder of their children. Look, yeah. if, if, if the Palestinians are not calling to kill the children of Christian Brazil Gabriel, they're calling to kill the children of anybody by the last name Stein, Simkis, Ari, whatever you call it. They're going after Jews. And when we were warning about these issues, nobody wanted to listen to us and nobody wanted to believe us. They called us radicals. You know, I tell people, an overnight success takes 20 years. The radical leftist Islamists who feel so empowered right now in our country, that's how we are seeing demonstrations by the tens of thousands on our streets in our all major cities, including New York City, which is basically a Jewish city. When we are seeing all these people on the streets, this level of hatred and organization did not happen overnight. 
It is the Black Lives Matter that the majority Jewish community supported. 80% of the Jewish community is lefty, and they are the major donors. They were the major donors to Black Lives Matter. They were the major donors to groups uh, like Antifa and the groups who supposedly were standing up to the police and fighting for equality and the LGBTQ community against those terrible, evil Christian conservatives who were warning about, you know, these radical groups and what they want to do in the country. And lo and behold, the first people to turn against the Jewish community were Black Lives Matter. They were the, yeah. Black Lives Matter was the first major lefty group to come out to stand with Hamas and the Palestinians against the Jewish people in the United States. So, you know, back then when we were talking about these things, a lot of conservatives, you know, and you know how conservatives are. They shy away if somebody calls you a name. Oh, my God, we don't want to be associated with this person. But now all of us are in the same boat. If you are an American who lo- who, stands up for, who stands up for the flag, who honors the heritage of our founding fathers, who honors the Constitution, who honors our veteran in the military, who believe that uh, and the police and law enforcement, who believe in secure borders, then you are a, an Islamophobe, a xenophobe, a white supremacist, a hater, a bigot, a racist who hates brown people and black people. Right now, all of us are in the same boat. Right. Let me- well, you might have seen on Breitbart today that uh, George Soros uh, has funneled millions into pro-Hamas groups. Um, and you got to wonder, why is he doing that, right? I mean, Because <laughs> he wants to destroy the world. Right. Well, I mean, look, they are for the underdog, and this is why um, they perceive the Palestinians as the underdog. They don't perceive the Palestinians uh, as terrorist groups, and that has been the problem. You know, it's like it's like the the leftists in our country and those who fund them refuse to see the writing on the wall, refuse to read the writing on the wall. It's been there for years, but they refuse to believe it. Uh, when when Black Lives Matter or when minorities in this country look at Jewish groups not as minorities but as white privileged supremacists, as white privileged group, um, all of a sudden they lose their Jewish minority status and all of a sudden they're put in a group where um, you know they are grouped with the Republicans, they are grouped with the rich right. billionaires, and yeah. this is something that the Jewish community does not want. But you cannot change the fact that all these minority groups, you know, the black and brown people, as the Jewish community always like to stand with them, we're stand with the black and brown people, we're standing with George Floyd, we're standing with Black Lives Matter, we stand with the Antifa, the freedom fighters on the street, fighting evil Trump. Again, now realizing, look, these people consider anybody who is successful, anybody who is prosperous, anybody who's a business person, uh, they don't look at Jews as a minority, they look at Jews as just like Republicans. Yeah. Well, well what 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 about the, my favorite group, Queers for Palestine? Yeah. How, how long would they last if they were uh, transferred to Gaza? What a joke! What a joke! Goes to show you how delusional the left is in our country. Total delusion. Um, but you know what? That's why our work is so important right now, Chuck and Julie. People like us need to speak up, need to organize, need to bring our people together. And the time for education is over. Now is the time for action. And that's why I tell people, you know, I named the organization Act for America. 
not think about America, not hope for America, not pray for America, not wish for America, but act for America. Because we can hope and wish and pray, and we should, and we all do. But without taking action, nothing happens. There's a big difference between watching television, reading stories on the Internet, listening to talk radio, attending CPAC and Turning Point and Western Conservative Summit and whatever private, you know, conference you go to, that's entertainment. That's not action. That's not activism. Activism is when you help pass a bill. Activism is when you pressure your elected official to introduce a bill or pass it. Activism is when you are able to impact policy in your community. And that's what we do. Let me back you up a second. And so, folks, in case you've just joined us, we're talking with Brigitte Gabriel with um, Act for America. Why don't you back us up a second and tell us to you that, I mean, you know, you were in Lebanon. This is not just all hypothetical. I mean, you were an actual victim of terrorists, right? Correct. Mine, I, you know, people ask me all the time, Brigitte, you're so passionate about this issue. Where does this person come from? And I tell them, my 9-11 happened to me in Lebanon, where radical Islamists blew up my home. Actually, Palestinian radical Islamists. Because, you know, Lebanon was a majority Christian country. We were open-minded. We were tolerant. We were fair. We were multicultural. We had open borders. We prided ourselves in our multiculturalism. Lebanon was Paris of the Middle East, the Switzerland of the Middle East. But what we did, Chuck and Julie, that shot us in the foot was we accepted a wave of Palestinian refugees, bring them into the, brought them into the country who did not share our values. My 9-11 happened to me in 1975 in Lebanon when Palestinian radical Islamists blew up my home, attacking us in the middle of the night, trying to take over our town, bringing my home down and burying me under the rebel wounded. I ended up in a hospital for two and a half months and later ended up living in a bomb shelter underground in an eight by 10 room without electricity, without water and very little food. And that's where I lived for the next seven years of my life from the age of 10 till the age of 17 robbed of my youth. So I understand what happens when people turn a blind eye to evil, thinking it's not going to happen to me, let them kill each other. They've been fighting for so many years. It's over there. If you don't stand up and fight evil, sooner or later, evil will find you. And what about- we came to the United States, just like we are witnessing right now, global terrorism, we need to wake up and realize the time for action is now. We need to come together, stand up together, and fight to preserve our country. Help us understand or help me understand it. And just a few more questions for you, because I know you have to go. But Qatar, what is the deal? It's like, so Qatar, Qatar, as I understand it, is like the bank for terrorists. And yet there was a big golf tournament there this weekend. I mean, everybody, I mean, everybody's flying around. As I understand, like one of the heads of Hamas lives in like London. I I mean, and well, then they're all the big guys that is, I mean, they're all in Qatar. What's, and I don't, I don't understand why doesn't somebody go there and talk to them or go there and take them out? I mean, what's, what's the deal with Qatar? Well, right right now, the United States is actually working with Qatar and negotiating to bring back the hostages. And so Qatar, being an agent of terror, because they have all the terror connections, um, that's why they are now negotiating. They are the middle person negotiating with the terrorists. 
to bring back the American hostages out of Gaza. That's exactly why we used Qatar as well when Biden gave the money to Iran. Remember, it's Pat and, uh, and, uh, and Qatar um, are an escrow account. So this is the, 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 the role that Qatar is playing. But this is also the role that our government is playing in enabling Qatar to right. basically be given legitimacy um, while harboring terrorism at the same time. You know, Trump would have never done that. President Trump would have never done that. President Trump dealt on a totally different level, and that's why in four years under his presidency, you did not see wars. Yeah, he brought back, he was, I think he brought back like 56 hostages. It's, we brought under his leadership the most hostages than under any other president in the history of the United States. And I can tell you, President Trump would not be giving Iran $6 billion in exchange for five terrorists, uh, <laughs> for five American hostages. Um, but, you know, that's why we need to bring him back to power. That's why we need to elect President Trump. And that's why everybody needs to be engaged and activated and involved. Tell me, you had a column up, and that's one of the reasons, you know, we reached out to you, talking about the money flowing from from Iran, I mean, Iran, you know, to Hezbollah in Syria. Kind of explain that for everybody. Well, you know, the reason, uh, look, Iran is funding both Hezbollah and Hamas. Hamas terrorists trained in Iran uh, for their on-the-ground operation, and the paragliders trained in Lebanon uh, by Hezbollah. So Iran is funding both parties. Uh, the danger with Hezbollah is and they're both, by the way, proxy armies of Iran, uh, Hamas and Hezbollah. And that's what Iran does. They set proxy armies. This is how they funded the Houthis in Yemen uh, and built them up. This is how Iran is working uh, with, the, with the Syrian troops uh, in Syria. And this is how Iran funnels money and weapons, especially weapons, to Hezbollah through Syria. And that's how Hezbollah has 150,000 missiles right now directed at Israel, spread throughout 40 villages in southern Lebanon, and all supplied by by Iran. And that's why Israel, by the way, uh, you know, last week, uh, and also a few days ago, they hit the Syrian airport right. and hit the airport in Aleppo uh, and bombed seven trucks carrying weapons from Syria into Lebanon, Iranian weapons provided by Iran through Syria. And so this is why our ships, this is why the American ships and the aircraft carriers went into the Mediterranean uh, to kind of show Iran that, hey, we yeah. are here. Do not get involved in the war. Uh, do not open up another front, because if you do that, we will be engaged in the war. Uh, and, and they did not want Iran. They wanted to use that as a deterrent to Iran. Ah. I mean, I, I just a final. Well, yeah, I just want to emphasize. I was in in Beirut in 1969, um, and it's a beautiful country, beautiful beaches, beautiful everything. Um, and when I watch yeah. it today, it's it's you know all in the name of multiculturalism is is you're going to get um, a a uh, heaven will be destroyed. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that's why uh, I think what was it Abraham Lincoln who said. It's a republic if you can keep it. Right. Yeah. So what most people don't realize, Lebanon is a republic exactly like the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, we elect our representative. It is so different than any other country in the Middle East except for Israel, which is a Jewish state, a democratic state. And a sea of Arabic world where you can identify every country by one man regime or one dictatorship um, or one royal family. You know, I call the Arabic countries, you know, tribes with flags. 
But <laughs> we refused, we in Lebanon refused to read the writing on the wall. And that's what destroyed the country. Uh, and I see the same thing happening in America. And that's exactly why I started Act for America. And again, I named it Act for America. Not think about America, pray for America, or help for America, but act for America, because without taking action, nothing happens. I encourage people to go to our website, sign up to get our emails and action alerts, so we can notify you about bills coming down for a vote in your state um, or on the federal level. We helped pass 210 bills on the federal level and the state level since we started. Uh, we are the largest national security organization in the U.S., we are mobilizing people. We are, the, we are the community organizers on the right. And that's what it comes down to. We need to organize in order for us to win. That's what it boils down to. All right. Well, Brigitte, thank you so much. It's been great for, yeah, yeah, you've been great. We'll have to have you back, too. So, and, and one more time, give the website so people, and, and, they, and, you know, they can get your books. You've got, like, numerous New York Times bestselling books out there, too. So where can people get all of that information? Uh, people can go to actforamerica.org, actforamerica.org, and check us out. And they can get my books uh, also on the website or through Amazon or any bookstore. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Brigitte. Yeah, thank, thank you, you very much. much. You have a great right, evening. Thank Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, she's been um, America's uh, uh, reading the, the thing. She was amazing there. Yeah. Um, so um, Thomas just put it out for folks on Zoom. You can see it in the chat. But the website is ACT for America. That's A-C-T-F-O-R America.org. Um, you know, not she, dot com, dot org. Not, dot org, right. And she's the same thing that Robert Spencer has yeah, been yeah. saying forever, yeah. you know, which kind of leads us in to, well, I want to talk about the trial first, but then I want to get into this kind of good versus evil. Um, So we had Dave Williams on the show on Friday talking about the, and it's made national news all over the place too. The trial started in Denver today. Um, with those traitor Republicans filing the suit funded by George Soros organizations um, to try to keep Trump off the ballot, citing some obscure pre-Civil War, 14, Section oh, no. 3 of the post-Civil War, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, right? Um, and it's being heard, it's about a week-long thing, by a Denver District Court judge. Um, and um, there were opening arguments today. Some of the witnesses called, it's been kind of, I, I, you can watch it. There are links all over the place. I've also found one of the easiest links, if you guys want to watch it, is um, justthenews.com. And Dave just sent me a text with another site. Let me see if I can get it. Um, okay, cspan.org is carrying it too. Um but um, I, I think um, I found just the news, just the news.com was one of the easiest. You could just click on it. Eric Swalwell testified All right, Eric's about, in town. about how awful everything. No, he was on Zoom. He didn't oh, come to town. Um, but they're playing. Ben Ben there. Or? Yeah, exactly. They're playing highly edited videotape, just like during the impeachment hearing, right, of things that were going on. They had what Julie Kelly calls a celebrity um, DC cop testify about how awful everything was, even though, I mean, it's just appalling but what's going on there that's why i try not to watch it because i was getting angry yes. I, I was getting angry when i was you watching said you it. Watch, I don't know. yeah it, so just to, but here is just to give you a little bit of a taste this is um the um eric olson who is the lead attorney he did the opening arguments for the people the traitor republicans trying to keep off the ballot thomas if we could please play the trump trial soundbite six colorado voters four Republicans and two independents brought this case to ensure Colorado has a fair election 
among eligible candidates. Trump incited a violent mob to attack our capital to stop the peaceful transfer of power under our Constitution. That mob got within 40 feet of Vice President Pence after they chased him from the Senate floor. That mob tried to hurt and kill our elected leaders. And we are here because Trump claims, after all that, he has the right to be president again. But our Constitution, our shared charter of our nation, says he cannot do so. And Colorado law says this court must ensure that only eligible candidates appear on our ballots. Now, what? I mean, first of all, I mean, my head was exploding when I was listening to that, though. I mean, no, number one, it was a Fed surrection. Let's make that clear. Right. Number two, as we saw from the tapes that Tucker Carlson was able to get and that hopefully Mike Johnson, the new speaker, will release any day now, Mike. um, Running around trying to hurt or kill members of Congress. You have the Capitol Police opening them door, help showing them doors and opening doors for them. They were setting signs back up. I mean, the only person who was killed was somebody by, you know, Rose, what's her name? Rosalind. No, no. No, Rosalind. And anyway, it was a, a protester was, was killed by a DC cop, right? I mean, so that's where they're going with that, right? And keep in mind, this war is being fought on two fronts. It's televised, right? So these people want that message going out all over. Right. I mean, they don't in a way, you know, this judge, whatever she does, it's going to be appealed probably all the way up to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say she's going to bar him from being on the, on the ballot. I mean, no, probably, she'll, she'll say um, that, oh, that Jenna Griswold can yeah, decide. She can decide. Whether oh. he's so then ballot. so then partisan hack Jenna Griswold will decide whether Trump can and be on the says, ballot. She she uh, recognizes that Trump was an insurrectionist. But there may be problems keeping him off the ballot. Oh, you're so fair and reasonable. How can we think you know, anything else? And you you look at, you know, I think it would be interesting to see what evidence she allows in, what evidence she doesn't allow in. We know in the John Eastman disbarment trial, where similar arguments are being made, um, you, you know, the judge is completely hamstringing, sure. you know, yeah, them from making the case. That's what they do these days. So the weaponization of the Justice Department. So we'll see. Interracial system. Dave Williams, um, who so wisely got the Colorado Republican Party yeah. to join in the lawsuit, um, says from what he's seen so far, he is optimistic that the judge, well, he says he's seen nothing to make him, nothing from the judge that seemed overly partisan is what he said, that she seemed to be in the decision she was making and in the pre, all the pretrial filings that she was being, he thought, fair and reasonable. So we shall well, see. Well, you know, the, when, when the judge is a trier of fact, yeah. you know, they're, they don't not so absolute about not allowing defenses because they get to make this it you know if they have a jury and they don't want the jury to hear anything that's something uh, they exclude it but she's just just going okay no you can let it i don't care yeah, yeah i've already i've already written my opinion by the way yeah so i'm yeah. not like i said she's playing candy crud no i i don't know that she's doing that i just you know you see what's happening with the judicial system anymore right. and it's not like you're overly optimistic that I don't don't be fooled by her letting evidence in now that's a good point chuck very good point that's a very good point thank you thank you um so just we'll keep you up to date on that it's going to be going on all week i think dave williams is going to testify at some point his main point is let the voters decide 
that that if people want to vote for Trump, they should be able to. You're going to by taking Trump off the ballot, even in Colorado, Dick Wadham's assertions aside, there are a significant number of people who would vote for Donald Trump. Right. And by preventing him from being on the ballot, you're disenfranchising all of those people. Um, I think one of the things I saw, Scott Gessler, who was making some opening arguments, um, was talking about the fact that this is, you know, Trump has the freedom of speech, that freedom of speech is not the same as inciting an insurrection, which Trump did not incite. Number one, there was no insurrection. Number right. two, Trump didn't incite it. The video that they played carefully edited out the part where Trump was, you know, and edited out any information where Trump was like trying to make sure that people remain peaceful and calm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just like in the impeachment trial. So we'll keep you posted on all of that. Meanwhile, though, Donald Trump um, was uh, talking about Israel and Palestine and Gaza and Israel, you know, Israel, like I said, is not going to have a ceasefire. Um, And I think they can't. How could you if you have a, you know. That's comical. It, I, yeah. I mean, that, that, that Gabriel. Um, the Brigitte. Brigitte, rather. Brigitte Gabriel. Um, indicated, and it's like after World War II, you know, they bombed Pearl Harbor and they say, let's have a ceasefire now. Yeah. yeah. We're good. Uh, don't. Uh... <laughs> yeah. It's, well, and, and you know, today I saw a headline that they have just the Pentagon is either they built or they're commissioning like some kind of nuclear device. It's like 8 billion times that. So while, while we're all talking this, but you know, one of the things, and this is something you have always said is, you know, people are basically um, human nature is not bent toward, um, how, how do you put it? Kindness. I mean, people, people are what well, people well, are. Well, you know, there is not humankind is not progressing. There, there's no indication. If you look at this past century, uh, that humankind is somehow getting more peaceful and more mature and more more everything. I mean, there are segments any time in the world who just want to be left alone, and then there's segments who don't want to leave you alone. I mean, and and human beings are, are can be kind, but they also be unbelievably cruel, and nothing's changed. And I have to say, you know, if you think the Holocaust was awful, and it certainly was in numbers. But at least the Germans um, were not proud of it. They tried to hide it. They tried to hide the evidence of genocide of the Jews. They they tried to pretend it didn't exist. Um, yeah. It's a new level when 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 they're butchering, celebrates the butchering of little children and raping of women and the killing and and slaughter and watch parents children well, die in front of them. Now they celebrate that. Which is a whole new level of evil, I think. Well, and that's what Trump talked about um, in, in his speech. And I think as, as opposed to Nikki Haley, who says, oh, let's bring a bunch of Palestinians here. Um, Trump says, no, he kind of lays it out pretty starkly. Thomas, if we could please play. This was Trump um, at the Las Vegas um, gathering that they had over the weekend. If we could please play the Trump soundbite. On that terrible Saturday morning, the world saw once again that the conflict between Israel and Hamas is not a conflict between two equal sides. This is a fight between civilization and savagery, between decency and depravity, and between good and evil. There is no comparison between a group that worships death and a group that cherishes life and cherishes our nation. Every single life that is lost in this conflict is on the shoulders of Hamas, Hamas alone. So Mas alone, and I think you have to really add in the word Iran. Iran, 
People don't want to talk about it. There can be no sympathy, no excuses, and no escape from these monsters. And we will, uh, we will do what has to be done. Well, he would. Joe Biden will give him aid and continue funding all the things. But I think it does go back. Well, let me ask you this, Julian. And, you know, you were not prepared for this, so I don't think it's. It's not a math question, is it? No. Yes, it is. Name all the states in order or something like that. Do you think these events will actually change uh, Jewish American voting habits? No. Yeah, I think that's right. I, 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 Slightly. I mean, I mean, there'll be a few more that kind of go, well, I don't want to necessary, you know, but I think they'll stay the same. Well, yeah, imagine if they lived it's in kind Israel. Of it might be different, but. Oh, it is. It is different. I mean, the, the peace faction in Israel doesn't exist anymore. No. I mean, well, and that's why. And it's something, you know, Kurt Schlichter had a column on it. And he. it's like I, I said to you this morning, my Chuck, he did a column on what you've been always saying, yeah, right? Yeah. And well, you've done columns on it. And I think that it's, yeah, there, yeah. I, I used to not believe this, but anymore, I, I, you know, my, my thinking on things always is evolving. But I think it's, <laughs> well, on a broader scale, I think there are, there are in the universe, there are always, there's yin and yang, there are opposing factors, right? There's cold, there's hot, there's hatred, there's love, there's good, there's evil. I mean, and to try to deny that part of human nature is not going to work. And I think, and Kurt Schlichter had that. He said, we have to, as a society, rec- right now we've been in a time where in America we haven't really had to deal with mm. that, right? Um, but we're seeing it now in the streets of San Francisco, in the streets of Denver. You're seeing the rising crime. You're seeing congressional aides getting carjacked, right? Um, and Which is not a bad thing. Well, no. <laughs> and I think as a society, at least in, as an American or Western society, maybe I should say that, because I think, I think the Palestinians have it down pretty well. I think we have to acknowledge knowledge and that's why i think the vote won't change because people don't want to because we think oh we're superior and we're better but no we are you know this far away from being savages ourselves right and well and we do savage things i mean the firebombing of tokyo the killing of all the people in nagasaki and hiroshima um you know it's it's hard to justify that except under the principle well you know a lot of a lot of people would die invading japan which is no different than the Mongols who come to a city and say, you just surrender, and therefore we don't have to do anything and we'll let you go. Or if you don't, we'll kill every one of you. I mean, that that was a Mongol uh, decision by Truman. Right. Um, well, and what I mean is, is I don't think everyone is a savage, but I think we have to recognize that there, there, that that it exists, and that I don't know, maybe it's just a part of the universe. And just to say that we're going to get rid of it ever, to be honest, I'm not sure I believe that anymore. Well, I certainly yeah. think we're not going to get rid of it in the next couple of months. And so to ignore it and to not say that sometimes you have to fight fire with fire, you have to, you know, negotiations don't work. They only work for the rich, wealthy elites who want to see this world crumble because i think anymore the democrats this i go back to you also have the creators and you have the destroyers right the nurturers and the destroyers the democrats and the globalists who are funding them and controlling them they are destroyers they want to destroy everything good that we have so that they can financially benefit and run the world and this is this feeds into what they are trying to do right they want to tell us all no you know it's mean to try to fight back against Hamas after they're beheading infants right that's mean to say that right somehow and I think Trump is right the the blood is on the hands of Hamas you know it's not on the hands of Israel 
Well, I mean, it's always interesting. Different religions view things different ways. Uh, the reason why Hinduism appeals to intellectuals like Robert Oppenheimer and others is because it sort of tries to answer those questions. It tries to say, no, you need the world has been designed uh, with a destroyer in it and with, you know, the builder of, of things and the wrecker of things. And the whatever the great plan is, they're both part of it. Um, and unlike, let's say, Christianity, when it said there's evil, and that's because, you know, archangel and all that, um, and our thing is to try to overcome that, and, and hopefully at Armageddon we do. Um, but it's not to say, say, you know, how does this world work? How have we become the most dominant on top of the world, and it's because of our destructive capacities. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, we took from somebody. Yeah, I mean, it, and they took from somebody, and they took from somebody, and they took from somebody. When you're younger, you go, wait a minute. We can control population. We control food supplies. We could, we could have heaven on earth. And as a kid, I go, why don't we do that? And 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 it doesn't. It's not easy <laughs> to be, look into the Old Testament and figure out why. Uh, some other religions, uh, not many. I mean, most most Buddhism and and other ones have you know we must be good and we must be all these things. Um, but Hinduism does say the the two and and same with Taoism, which is the yin and the yang. You know, they're complementary. Um, well, yeah, I, I think it's it's and it, you, it, you know to say we must be good and you must do good. You, that's great, mm -hmm. but when you have somebody trying to beat you over the head or somebody's trying to break into your home and slaughter you, you, you have to you have to deal with that. And I or think be or be slaughtered, right? And you know, now you don't want to turn around and become a slaughterer yourself, but you have to well, recognize. Yeah. Well, I think you have to rec. That's where I think there can be progress, but you have to recognize that that other side exists. And the Western, you look at these kids on the college campuses, like you said, the <laughs> queers from Palestine, they would be th literally thrown off the rooftop if yes. they went over there, right? And somehow, in this coddled, elitist environment, they they just aren't dealing with reality, and they don't, and and that's. Why you said, will the Jewish vote change? I think probably not, because right. I, I think it's kind of scary for people if you think about that too much. You're like, well, what do I do then? Right. So you're like, just don't want to think about it. Instead, I'm just going to go protest. So, yeah. Well, and here, speaking of this, so it's kind of funny. It's okay for Hamas to have its, and you know, the, the radical Islamic jihad people, they're cool, mm -hmm. right? They're cool. But if you get a Christian by God, now we're talking danger. Mm -hmm. Jen Psaki, the former um, press secretary for Joe Biden, um, now works for MSNBC, and she is sounding the alarm about the new House Speaker, not because he's changed his mind a little bit on Ukraine, you know, not, she's not worried about, is he going to do, you know, split the budget up or anything like that? No, she is worried because he is a practicing Christian. Thomas, if we could please play the Saki soundbite. First glance, Mike Johnson does seem fine, fine-ish. Conservative, yes, but he once started a civility caucus with a Democrat. And I mean, if nothing else, he wears a suit and has glasses. How threatening can this guy actually be? Well, he gave us all a little clue as to how he would govern in an interview this week. I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. You heard that right. The Bible doesn't just inform his worldview, it is his worldview. 
In fact, during his first speech in his new job, Johnson suggested that his election as speaker was an act of God. Talk about a bit of a humble brag there. So what exactly has God apparently called on Mike Johnson to do? Well, his views on policy are essentially what you'd expect from a religious fundamentalist. They're more divisive than they are divine. It's just ridiculous, right? So somehow it's okay if you're Hamas and, and you, you want to embrace radical Islam and jihad. That's okay because you're the underdog. But if you're a Christian and your views are formed by the Bible, somehow that's dangerous and divisive. Now she doesn't, you notice she didn't say how. And I mean, my guess is Jen Psaki's probably never read a Bible, right? I don't think she has one on her shelf to pick up. Do you no, do, do you no, think? No. Um, and so they're just, they're not speaking from any knowledge base. Well, well, what he said, I would say the vast majority of the founding fathers would agree with. Not all. Some were deists who, who didn't necessarily believe there was a simply a God of, of by Jesus, but everyone. Um, so there were deists and there were some others that were Masons, but but the vast majority of the founding fathers would agree totally um, with Mike Johnson. And as a practical matter, almost no one in the Democratic Party would today. No, and well, and from Thomas, you know, our producer, he says, wait, isn't this one nation under God? It's like, <laughs> it is, Thomas, it is, Thomas. Uh, but you wouldn't want to know that, well, the Democrats want to get rid of God. And why do the Democrats want to get rid of God? The same reason they want to get rid of families, right? They want to get rid of anything that offers anyone comfort, purpose, meaning, um, besides the government, besides right, them, right, right? right? And so you've got to get rid of God. If people are going to say, well, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I have a moral duty to do this or do that. They're like, no, you have a moral duty to do whatever we tell you, you have a moral duty to do. And then you're going to like it, even if it involves eating bugs. <laughs> um, but a bit of good news, bit of good news, The one of the most uh, outspoken Christian conservatives dropped out of the race over the weekend. Mike Pence announced since no one was voting for him and he couldn't even get 13. time for everything under the sun and it's not my time. Enough. And so he um, stepped down from the race. Um, and Nikki Haley, they keep saying she's surging. surging. Even She's surging from like 2 to 3% or something like that. That's not... 8%. 8%. There you go. Surging, surging. 16 uh, in New Hampshire. Um, but this, I'm going to play something just for fun for you guys. This is that guy, what's his name? Sean... Sean Farish, who is a Trump impersonator. So if you're just listening to this, this is not Trump because he sounds exactly like Trump. This is a Trump impersonator. So Thomas, if we could please play the Trump impersonator soundbite. So long, farewell, Alveda Zane, goodbye. Mike Pence is dropping out. He's dropping out. He never had a chance. He never had a chance like Crooked Joe on a flight of stairs. Never had a chance like... AOC on the SATs, never had a shot, like Eric Swalwell on a crowded elevator. You know what I'm talking about. We call him his flatulence. You know what I'm talking about. Mike Pence is dropping out, and now he and the fly that landed on his head, you know, flies are drawn to sugar, honey, iced tea. He and the fly can spend some time together in the landfill of history. Mike Pence is dropping out, and so I say... Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Goodbye, good riddance, and let's make America great again. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's pretty much what everybody said about uh, Mike Pence yes, going, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, other, other than Nikki Haley, yeah. <laughs> Chris Christie, and there was some title, I think, in the bright part, uh, maybe it was uh, Considered Treehouse, where Chris Christie expects to 
pick up dozens of votes. Dozens of votes, right? He's going to pick up dozens of votes from Mike Pence. Uh, I was even reading someplace, somebody on the RNC was saying the other candidates should drop out. We should quit having these stupid debates and everyone should now support Donald Trump, right? You know, and I guess people like Ron DeSantis then, I felt kind of bad for him about this. He was doing some, I think he was at the Las Vegas thing and they were doing a sit-down interview and he had like cowboy boots on. And so now everybody's asking him, does he have lifts in the cowboy boots? Is he deliberately, you know what I mean? And that's why, that's what he's stuck answering, right? He's like, and meanwhile in Florida, they've started a petition to make him come back and be governor there or something. So I don't know. I don't think though the, the legal troubles in Trump it's just not working, right? No, I that that's just one of their many tactics. They have a bunch of tactics. Um, but I think maybe you're DeSantis, you just keep hanging in there. And Nikki Haley, as long as they keep writing, you you know she's like when when all of the the Politico and the Hill and all those places, those But the longer you stay in, the longer you know, I don't think this is true. This but this is normally the longer you stay in, the greater chance you have of getting being a vice president or a but as long as you get out, you know, I don't think Trump is. Yeah. No, Trump cannot have anybody no. that is that is not as radical as he is because it'll impeach him the second to get to that person. If you had Nikki Haley as vice president, he would be impeached in a minute once the Democrats got there. Right. Oh, and speaking of that, did you see the, the 60 Minutes? I just watched snippets of it trying to resurrect Kamala Harris. I, That's not an easy job. No. I mean, they've been resurrecting uh, Biden. They've been resurrecting Kamala <laughs> They've been in some heavy lifting. I mean, they must have some back sores. Maybe somebody decided that maybe they do want Joe Biden after all. And so the main reason, not the main reason, but one of the objections to Joe Biden is his age. So if they could make Nikki or make Kamala Harris look better, then maybe well, people you know, might I, vote. I hate how to keep on work. saying his age because it's not his age. No, it's his. It's it's his incapacity to think. If he had if he had Doctor Fauci, who's a couple years older than his president, he'd be awful because he's an awful person. He would kill but us it's all not then. his age that would have been. And he has, yeah. you know, fine mental facilities, but it's not his age. It's his and. Mental. Well, and that's why they're they're trying to make Kamala better. So people say, okay, I'll vote for Joe because then when he steps, can't wait till Kamala Kamala comes on. But I don't think it worked. I mean, she's even. Well, you can. I don't care how good you are and how tricky and how resourceful you are. There's no way to make that cackling hen. Uh, acceptable. Just, exactly. There's and it always it doesn't gotten better, right? Uh-huh. I mean, they try their best, and it's like people just don't like her. So I don't know. Sixty minutes, I guess maybe did it gave it a shot, but I don't. I don't well, think it worked. Do the- I don't think Biden's going to pick up a bump in the polls on that. You know, I don't know. <laughs> oh boy, Kamala's great. <laughs> well, because only ten people probably watched sixty minutes. Maybe in no, Denver, no, some more did because 60, the Broncos won. So sixty minutes still does. You know, does it okay? okay. Well, it does. Good ratings, yeah, like all the. Ratings, Ratings have gone proportionally down, but it still ranks as one of the top 20 of the, shows of the down. It's, yeah, yeah, of the down. It's, it's, it's still, it's, it's, it's up there. It's up there. <laughs> hey, that's going to do it for us on Mon- on this, um, not really party Monday. On Wednesday, we're going to have some folks on with the um, Colorado Convention of States organization. Um, they're going to explain what's going on with that. I think they are going to push again for some of that in the state legislature. Um, obviously, we'll keep you updated on the trial. Um, Trump by the way, will not be. They wanted to depose Trump and they're like, no, the judge said, no, you can't do that, which does seem kind of weird, but 
I mean, I, it seems weird that they can introduce all this evidence against right, him right, without right. letting him address it. But right. well, anyway. he could address it. She's not going to force him to come, and he's not going to. Well, then he'll be in contempt of court. So that's yeah, the that's other, right. That's, that's right. the other trap they're setting. So that'll do it for us. Thank you, to we're going. and Brigitte and everybody else too. Thank you, everybody on Zoom. Uh, we'll see you all on Wednesday. And, and clear those driveways. What the snow? Oh, the snow's <laughs> melted. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.